It's Kaleo and Matthew. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Studio. Thank you. Um, super glad to have you guys here. And um, you know, one of the things that I uh, have, uh, you know, just even learning more about you guys and get to know you guys a little bit. Um, I think this is one of my, I'd say most like most fun story that I get to talk about because like it's like okay, talk to me about uh, Paralympian and entrepreneurship and spouses working together in the same business. I was yeah. like, I got to talk to these guys. So yeah, really awesome to have both of you here. Thanks, we're super stoked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good, good, good. Okay, so talk to me about, um, uh, I would say talk to me about number one, just like what's the state of your family at this point? How many do you have as a part of your family? Yeah, so we have two kids now. I actually gave birth seven weeks ago. Unbelievable. Um, so we've been growing, but yeah, so it's Matthew, me, our four-year-old, his name's Duke, um, and then a seven-week-old, his name's Kai. Do you have special clothes for them? Like we, Olympic clothes? It, we actually yeah, just there got actually are some. some yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so we've like put them both in some and yeah. taken pictures and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, Kaleo from Hawaii? Yeah, my family's from Hawaii. Okay, so, tell us about that. Yeah, so my dad is from Nihau, which is like the smallest island on the end of Hawaii. And then my family is from Kauai. Um, and then we actually lived in Oahu for about a year. Okay. Um, but yeah, half Hawaiian. My dad's full, so I love um, the culture and the atmosphere of Hawaii. And honestly, that's like played a big part into our business and mm -hmm. um, kind of my culture and, and his culture of being Spanish and like bringing that all together. That's so cool. The the thing that I was thinking is I was trying to, um, there was this documentary a few years ago that a buddy of mine <clears throat> had made. He lives uh, uh, on Oahu um, and you know, his family's Okinawan. So like they all live together as a big mm -hmm. happy family. Um, and they did a documentary uh, called The Rise of the Wahine. Okay. And it was this whole like volleyball title nine history thing. And I was like, man, this is really cool that I'm talking to you, yeah, right? Yeah. That's like a female volleyball player, right? And all of the benefits of that. So if you haven't seen it, it's like, yeah, what's it's, it called? So, it's called The Rise of the Wahine. Okay. And uh, it's a documentary about um, this little Hawaiian uh, uh, female team that helped pave the way for this whole Title IX thing. It's an incredible story. But I, that's one of the things that I really love about learning about Hawaii and yeah. all of the heritage is how deep the heritage is, how much, you know, there's a lot of care, there's a, a passion for family and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So just really cool to learn about yeah. that. Oh, yeah, oh, it, it runs so strong over there. And it, you know, it's funny you say that about volleyball, um, like as crazy as most people on the mainland here are about basketball and football, volleyball is insanity over there. So you go to UH or go to Onawahu, uh -huh. go to UH, it's insane. Yeah. Full stadiums, they love volleyball more than anything over there. It's pretty rad to see. Yeah, it's especially cool to see in. how people do it recreationally. Like mm -hmm. everyone plays volleyball. Totally. No yeah. question. The I, amount of times that I got asked to go play like while I was there and it's just amazing. Yeah, I, it's I, I, it's like one of those things as well. Like I think the most uh, most crazy volleyball uh, tournament I've ever seen was at the University of Nebraska. Like oh, I don't they're understand. Intense. They're intense. Like it's like people you know, are made South American soccer. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really yeah. wild. But yeah, volleyball. Yeah, it's just really yeah. interesting. So um, how did you two meet? 
Yeah. So you want me to, you want me to say it or you want to say it? Either way. Uh, we actually met through like mutual friends. We were sort of at the same church and kind of met each other that way. He was a little older than me. So we like waited to start dating kind of casually yeah, got into like dating. We were basically friends for like three years until we actually started dating two, okay. or, two or three years. And so, um, but now it's crazy. We actually just celebrated. We randomly had the same birthday. And so we just celebrated on Saturday. I turned 29. She turned 26. Mm -hmm. I said it wrong the other day. I didn't want to do that right here, right now. Um, we are recording. Yeah, exactly. So that happened. And I was thinking, wow, this has been one full decade of us sharing birthdays. We've so been like celebrating yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. What do you guys do that's special on your birthday? What's maybe what's the most special thing you guys have ever done your your collective birthdays? I think the first one we... Basically, his family was throwing him a party at the Wedge, which is like near here. Yes. Um, and I like just went with them and went with him and then they celebrated me also. But we did that. We walked around. And so actually that was located in Deep Deuce where our shop is now. Oh, nice. Um, so kind of that all ties together. Just a, a special area for us. Yeah. It was kind of like our first date, honestly. Yeah, it was like, on our it birthday. It was the first time she like graduated high school. She's 18 um, and we could hang out properly yeah. and so we went and hang out and literally went and like there's this really cool um old church right in deep deuce and we just went and got ice cream and sat on the steps and it was our first time actually just i think being alone together and so wow. we still have a picture of it yeah we think about it and look at it all the time it's great and, and it's a deep deuce picture and now all of a sudden you know you have a business there. honestly i've exactly. never even thought about that but no, no. yeah exactly <laughs> it's just coming to life right here it's yeah. all the serendipity well that's awesome well okay so the thing that i i love the tens you know the you know this how many years you guys have been doing this but like 10 years of medal winning performance as a paralympian yeah so my first competition was well my first Basically, competition was in uh, 2010 in its world championships, mm -hmm. but then my first games was in 2012 in London. When I was in London, yeah. what was that like? Um, whenever I think back on it, I was so young. I was 16. Um, so I don't really have tons of memories about it, but uh -huh. I remember actually when we lost. So we, okay. Yeah, that is one so the memory that is ingrained. That's what you remember. Okay. Absolutely. Um, so we lost in the finals to China. And at that point, that was like, oh, I am going all in and they will not win again. Um, so that's like the biggest memory from then. But it was funny just looking back, like I was just such a kid yeah. that I was just happy to be there. didn't really care. wasn't necessarily like very invested. Um, and then my coach threw me in in the final match and lost game point and it just so okay. full trauma. This That was all, all in 2012. Yes. That's okay. Yeah, all in 2012. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We can talk more about that later. Yeah. Um, but like, okay, so what's, uh, for, for those um, that maybe don't know, talk about sort of the difference between the Olympics and the Paralympics and what that means to be a Paralympian. Yeah, so the, basically how I like to explain it is the Olympics, um, and the Paralympics are the same. Um, we just compete at different times. So the Olympics is for athletes, able-bodied athletes, and then the Paralympics are for physically disabled athletes. So for me, I was born with clubfoot. Um, it's a, I was born with it congenitally and then um, had surgery at eight months old. So had a reconstructive surgery for my left leg. There's a more in-depth word mm -hmm. that I can never remember. Mm, okay. Um, but basically that's the biggest difference between the Olympics and the Paralympics. But we compete at the same um, venues. We compete at the same cities for the games. And that's just the biggest difference is able-bodied, disabled. Okay, so 
but like what you play is maybe a little different type of volleyball. Yeah. Right. So tell us the type of volleyball that you play. Yeah. So I play sitting volleyball. Okay. So even with that, there's standing volleyball, there's beach volleyball and there's sitting volleyball. So there are different disciplines of the same sport. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of how you perceive beach volleyball is on the sand. The court's different. The net is a little different. You're playing in sand. Obviously, that's different. Um, so kind of those same differences translate to sitting volleyball where the differences are you're sitting down the short the court is condensed the net is shorter mm -hmm. um but essentially they're the same like values and um, fundamentals as traditional volleyball mm -hmm. which is standing volleyball um like indoor standing volleyball so mm -hmm. those are just kind of the difference of the sport but i think sitting volleyball is the fastest of all the games okay. um, because of the condensed court so I played standing volleyball in high school and then started playing sitting volleyball or sorry, I started playing standing volleyball in like elementary school, middle school, and then transitioned to sitting volleyball as well. So I played both of them. Um, so the differences were really interesting while I was playing, uh -huh. um, but they're both incredible and like have so much value as them separately, but yeah. they're also just another discipline of the sport. It's so cool. Yeah, I, I saw I saw a match and I was like, okay, this is actually more intense than I thought mm -hmm. oh, it's, it would, it's it would crazy. be. It's, mm -hmm. it's pretty intense uh, type of volleyball, but um, okay. So, and what position do you play? I'm a setter. You're a setter, okay. Yeah. So um, what's kind of the running joke on the team? Like, what do you guys make fun of each other about? Oh gosh, we make fun of each other about everything. <laughs> um, but it's funny too, cause like we're all disabled. And so the disabilities are just like out the door. Like we don't even see, necessarily like yeah. talk about it. Um, cause we all know each other's disabilities. So a lot of the time the jokes are about like, I mean, absolutely anything. Like there's probably, traumatic, there's probably got, off limit stuff with other people's disabilities that, that you can. Yeah, there's like people. a genuine general like understanding that we're all disabled. And so sort of there's even the digs like aren't necessarily digs. Like, <laughs> yeah. for me, I have all my limbs, so I'm not missing legs or anything. Yeah. Like I have both my legs, I have both my arms, um, but I got called for the longest time. Not the nicest name, but I got called Kalazy because I just like <laughs> wouldn't move. And it's so funny because I have all my parts. Yeah, but but I would be the one who was lazy because I wasn't moving. That was a little traumatic from 2020. I don't think I've ever heard that. That's kind of funny. <laughs> oh, yes. I've never heard that before. You're like, this is- so There's a I reason know, you gold. don't know that one. That's gold. I think we keep gold. that one. He's like, I see artist renderings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it's so, okay. So talk to me about how many medals you've won. So I have two gold and one silver. Oh man, that's so awesome. Yeah. Did you bring them today? I actually did. I never know if I should bring them. You totally because it should. feels yeah. cheesy. But then everyone's like, "You should have brought them," so I brought them. That's what we'll do. We'll get pictures after. Yeah, I, I totally thought I would be like, "Hey, we should ask them. Why don't you wear all three of them when we sit down this conversation?" That's super cool. They're I mean, so heavy. Medal. I wore my because um, it was my first gold medal, so my Rio medal, and I wore it to closing ceremonies. Uh -huh. And so, literally, by the time my neck was just broken, and there's like a rip in the ribbon now so i don't really wear them very often anymore yeah you got to keep those you got to keep those puppies safe yeah mm, that's interesting where do you keep them at the house so we actually just keep them everyone watching pay attention <laughs> please break into our house so we keep them put away because after i went to london i was living at my mom's house still um and i had my london medal out and our house got broken into and they oh, like went through absolutely everything but for some reason didn't take the medal thank god um they're like this is fake yeah, yeah they're like and eh, whatever so it was just sitting on the counter or like on my nightstand um so since then they have not seen the light of day yeah. until i like take them to events or something there you go well, what what is like the biggest like lesson that the paralympics has taught you mm. i think that i'm capable of anything 
which also sounds like a little cheesy, but I think actually being able to put in the work and then see the like return and have a physical something like, yes, you win money, but also you win this like physical reward for all of your hard work. Um, I think is what's taught me the most, but also the fact of like, you put four years in, you work your tail off, and then this is what people see as the games, but they don't see every other thing you put in. Um, all the early mornings, like the hard training, they don't see that, they see this. Um, so it's just like a, a little beautiful reward for all of your hard work. That's but. awesome. What, do you, what is something that maybe, this is a question for both of you, because like as we transition into like family, but then, you know, business, <clears throat> like as it relates to, um, you know, just being a professional athlete, what, what, what have you underestimated about yourself that you found that you found like, you know what, I really underestimated myself here hmm. and how you push through in business or it could be in, in, uh, as an Olympian, right? Yeah. I think. I've always underestimated myself of being able to actually figure it out. Um, there have been a lot of things, even in sitting volleyball, because the sport is so specific um, and you have to learn different ways to do different movements. But basically, like, didn't know that I could be faster, didn't know that I could serve harder, didn't know that I could basically do all of these little these things. And even with standing volleyball, because of my disability, didn't think I could block like other athletes. So there are like little things like that, that I just always underestimated myself with. But when I would choose to actually put in the work, um, I was always surprised by the outcome. So anytime that I've put in the work to be faster, I've gotten faster. Anytime that I put in the work to jump higher, I was able to figure out a way. It might not have looked as like pretty or mm -hmm. as um, ideal as some other people do it, but I found like the best way that works for me um, and I think that has translated into business too, is like how our business is set up might not be the most ideal, but we've pushed through and it's started to work out for us. So I think basically just like being able to get over any hump and like put in the work to, to see the result, um, has always been the most surprising to me that I'm actually able to, that we're actually able to do that with the business that I'm actually able to do that in volleyball. Um, and have so far always seen a reward from it. I'm sure that won't be forever, but. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. I, 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 it's one of those things like um, everybody has a battle mm -hmm. and um, you know, a lot of it is the battle of the mind. Mm -hmm. And I think that it, that's a really powerful thing to be maybe self-aware of is you're like, you know what? Um, even being called a Paralympian, right? You're like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, uh, limits are required to be a Paralympian, mm -hmm. right? And that, I think that's the really, really interesting thing about people who've really risen above that mindset and been like, I can figure it out. I can I can do anything. That's a, that's a really powerful lesson yeah. about underestimating yourself, recognizing it and being like, hey, if, if I put in the work, I have seen a result and a positive result that's been right for me every time. Yeah. That's a really powerful lesson. Yeah. Even with disability specifically, it's people see disability as something that limits you, but actually, having a disability has given me more than anything else in my life. Like probably wouldn't be sitting here if it, if I was not born with clubfoot. Mm -hmm. And that's something that my mom helps remind me of is like, don't forget that this actually gave you something. Um, but even clubfoot random like has run in my family. Um, so even with our kids, I've had to think of, okay, so 
if, especially with Duke, if Duke was born with clubfoot, what would that look like for our family? Mm -hmm. And I remember even asking our doctor of like, is there any tests we could run to see whenever I was pregnant with him, is there any tests we could do to see if he would be born with clubfoot? And he'd be like, so if he was what? Yeah. I was like, good call. Yeah, like, you're right. Yep. We could doesn't change. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, what about you? What's something that maybe you've underestimated about yourself? It's a great question. Um, I think I was just thinking kind of um, while you guys were talking right there. Honestly, I think my capacity um, overall, not even just as, let me say this, my capacity as a father, as a husband, as a business owner, as an employee of another company um, and everything else that I think wraps up maybe who I am. Um, I feel like I've limited myself in the past saying, well, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough um, mental capacity. I don't have just capacity in general to do everything, be kind to my kids, treat my wife well, be successful in business and whatever else is wrapped up in that, into that. And I think I put myself in a box for a really long time thinking, um, maybe even because of my past, um, that I couldn't reach up to or live up to a certain standard or again, create the capacity to love and to care as much as I needed to. Um, so honestly, that's probably how I did used to. But now um, I think Clay has really helped me with this whole perspective of just be where you are when you're there. And a lot of the time we want to compartmentalize. And yes, that's good. And that's great. But I know whenever I do that, that life kind of just gets a little too crazy. But again, whenever I see the bigger picture of truly who I'm able to be in the capacity that I can have for my family and my business, then the the possibilities are limitless mm -hmm. and so i think that's probably been like one of the biggest things here lately for me i love that i i i love the idea that um you know one of the things i was interested that we'll talk about is just balance for you guys i kind of mm -hmm. balance it all mm -hmm. and so to hear you say uh uh that the thing you underestimated is your capacity right because mm -hmm. it seems like you're having to constantly push you're having to you push across mindsets put in the work right? And you have to hold on to something, right? You got to have a purpose or something driving you mm -hmm. in order to be like, you know, I'm going to push my capacity a little bit because of this thing. I, I, I have a vision. I have something. So there's something sort of driving you both. And that's the thing that I think would be really awesome to know is like, what's sort of like, what's your driver? You know, what's yeah. the thing that's keeping you kind of like pushing past your capacity or uh, saying, you know what, I am going to test myself more to see if like I can actually figure it out. What's sort of the driver? What's the what's the the thing inside of both of you? You want to go first? Yeah, I think. Um, well, even in sports, like the gold medal is always the goal, okay. and so to have that at least like minimum be the goal that we're all at least my team is like headed towards is this gold medal. Um, but that's just one part of it. I think another part of it is being the bar as a team, our, our team kind of setting the standard for what we want this sport to become. But as a family, at least for me, what I want is to have a rich life, like not dollars, like a full content life mm -hmm. and basically reaching towards the most that I can do, whatever I want to do that, like like he's talking about the capacity. I, I want to have a rich life and that is in our family. I want it to be rich in love and in our business. I want it to be, yes, rich in success, but also like rich in character, rich in um, community. And then in volleyball, I want to be 
the best athlete possible. I want to be um, an athlete that other girls can look towards. I want to be a mom of whom my kids can can see operating in these things and seeing that she's very flawed, but she pushes past everything that she has been put in front of her. And like, so I think being rich in life and rich in love and rich in all of these things, having a full life is my goal. Mm. Um, whether that would be running a business, whether that would be being an employee, whether that's being an athlete or or just doing cookies, like whatever it is, I just want that to be my life. And I think we've gotten there in some ways. And then in some ways, there's a lot of things that we want to still work towards. But mm -hmm. at least at this point, even looking forward, I just think it looks so beautiful. And yeah. Yeah. And I, I was just going to even say with what Cleo said, something um, maybe we haven't said in a while, but so I think we both keep on the forefront of our minds. Like I remember someone with good influence. I remember hearing them say this uh, years ago, um, but someone asked them because they just do so much. They're like, your life is so crazy. It's so chaotic. Like, there's always things happening. Like how, they asked the question, like, how do you balance it? Or like, what's your perspective on it? And like, she immediately turned around and said, well, first thing, I changed my perspective on my life. And I don't view my life and say, wow, this is crazy. Or wow, this is chaotic. Because in all reality, there is truly so much like life and death with the words that we speak. And so it's like, if, you, if you're constantly like, wow, life really sucks right now. Wow, life is really crazy right now. Wow, life is really chaotic right now. Then guess what's going to happen? It's going to continue to be chaotic and you're not going to be able to get out of that cycle. But you just talking made me think of all that. Um, but so, sorry, I'm actually trying to remember what the original question was no, no, in the, the first place. Just, uh, it just like, well, I, I think, um, uh, I don't even remember what the original question was. Hold on, <laughs> hold on. The original question. It was, uh, uh, what drives you? Oh, people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people. Not not like um, recognition, but to love people. I think that's like, like I, again, I was thinking because I was like, man, honestly, business is crazy so much of the time. And again, it's funny. Um, you're just hearing people talk about business. You know, it's, it's so hilarious because everyone has almost like completely de separate um, situations, but they're so similar at the same time. But I was thinking and I was like, man, if there was nothing else besides like we are doing this for the people, then that's all I feel like I would personally need. Okay. I think Cleo and I have been like very blessed to be surrounded by good people and bad people in our life. And through and through, um, we've been blessed to like come out on top and be surrounded by like, the right people at the end of the day. Um, but again, we do all this for the people that we get to serve ultimately. That. yeah all right so um how hard on herself is she oh my gosh it's not even a it's not even a funny question <laughs> no it's like truly she's very hard on herself mm. but i I'm trying um, to be better yeah no she's much better than she used to be mm. but i don't know just and obviously i think this way because she's my wife but like i truly think she's like the most incredible woman in the world mm. and she does so much and just like many of us don't get recognition and like even earlier it's like i'm just six i like to say it um she's actually the best setter in the world wow like that is a very real case and she'll never say that and she'll always be hard on herself if she doesn't have a good practice or maybe if a game doesn't go great again i didn't grow up doing sports so i don't fully understand the sports mindset always yeah. um but like 
she is so awesome and I love her and I'm so thankful for her and she shouldn't be so hard to herself. So oh, long story awesome. short, that's my answer. I had a guest. I was like, I was going to ask her and then I was like, I'm going to be like, Hey, yeah. how hard on herself is she? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like how hard is he hard on himself? Yes. I think more in like, cause he's a great person and I think he's hard on himself in that way. Mm -hmm. And like, he just wants to be better, which I'm like, you're great. And he's like, I need to be better. Especially whenever it comes to kids and yeah, like yeah. our family. But yeah. he's great and a great father and but a great business partner. When people and richness mm -hmm. of life are what you, that's the reason I'm asking is like, because it seems like you have a standard of care. You have a standard of this is what makes my life rich. And you're like uh, the ex excellence and quality and care and all those things. So I, mm -hmm. I was like, they probably have to be a little bit hard on themselves, you know? Yeah. <laughs> For sure. In they very different standards. ways. Yeah. 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 Honestly, it has been a, a journey though of, like Kaleo said, um, not being so harsh on ourselves because mm -hmm. we don't want to do that. There's nothing good that can come of that. So, all right, what's a day in the life in in your household? Well, right now I'm still on maternity leave to some degree. Actually, maternity leave didn't really exist. Just I stopped doing some things. Yeah, but, like talk to me about that as an entrepreneur. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was pretty non-existent. But um, before then, it looked whenever we were living by our shop, which would recommend for not having to travel mm. would not recommend for the distinction of life because yeah, life got so muddy yeah. yeah um but it's would start out with me going to the shop at like five or six and um, going to bake and then he would meet me at the shop and with with, with our son and then um i would leave at like seven to go to practice and then take duke to school go to practice then he would be working at the shop and then after practice, I would come back or come back to the shop and start working on cookies, and and then we would go home and and be dead. Yeah, basically. So that was probably about the first year. Yeah. Um, yeah, through that process. Yeah, but now we've like tried to we moved to like twenty minutes away, tried to like give ourselves some distinction, um, and then we hired a manager to help us not be there constantly. Yeah. Um, and hired two bakers, and so. We've like started to give ourselves more distinction between work and family yeah. um, because it was all consuming there for a while. It's definitely been a journey though of not even like, I don't even say we figured it out yet because it's ever changing. Um, but it's like what it looked like a year and a half ago versus what it looks like now. It's like now I have another full-time job and um, again, Claire was on maternity leave, but she still practices full-time or not currently, but she will be soon. So it's like, what the schedule was then um, to what it is now is just so drastically different. And so, yeah, it, it, it's honestly every week almost seems like it's different. So, yeah. oh my goodness. Well, what are, what are some of the things that, um, I don't know, like what do you do as a family or what do you do as, as a team together? What are some of the things you do for fun? Oh, for fun, we do Pokemon Go. Yeah, we play a lot of Pokemon so Go. Our son's obsessed, and so are we. Yeah. But we do that. We just, we love food. So we find ways to go eat. We do um, Saturdays are with my son, like mm -hmm. Saturday afternoons. So on Fridays is our time together. My mom watches our son. We actually get time to like go on a date and spend time together. And then Saturday night, he gets to basically choose what we do. And then Sunday is our day for all of us to just hang out together. That seems pretty structured. I like that. Yeah. 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 I think that's one of the things. Um, which you kind of said earlier of like how we balance everything but mm -hmm. i don't fully believe in balance because nothing gets equal time yep. um 
So one thing we've tried to do is be really intentional with time as a family. Um, even whenever we were nonstop at the shop, there were aspects of it where we wanted to be really intentional so we could love each other well. Um, and that I could be the athlete I want to be, that I could be the mom that I want to be. And so it's just come with like being really intentional with our time. Yeah. That's awesome. So like, uh, how do you make big decisions? Like what's maybe a recent big decision that you made and how'd you do it? You can make Since this one about, you can make this one about business if you want to. Uh, I think the biggest decision was the decision to have another kid, honestly. And, um, this one isn't about business, but, it's okay. um, but that was our biggest decision because it has to be very structurally planned with volleyball. And, um, so with that, it was a lot of discussion about if we're ready, if we feel like we're ready, if our like lifestyle can handle it. Um, and I think that just came through a lot of communication as a family, but yeah, I'm trying to think of something in business. I know. I mean, hiring a manager and you getting a job, that's a big decision when you say- Yeah, no, you're actually right. you're right. That was I'm a like, pretty big decision. Yeah, yeah tell like, us the big decision. Tell a little bit more <laughs> yeah, about like, like well, we have a company, but I have a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, so we made that decision um, at the beginning of this year. Uh, again, ultimately, I mean, it's a new business. I'm not even ever gonna try and front and pretend like we have all this money because we definitely don't. Um, and ultimately we just kind of came to a point where like, you know what, I think we're make, we're making this a lot harder on ourselves in the beginning stages. We're probably putting too much pressure on our business to provide, to provide not just for our employees and itself, but our family as well. And so we kind of just had to make choices and try and figure out, okay, if we were to bring a manager in that would help with the bakery and the coffee side, then what exactly is it that they would do um, to not just fill hours, but to actually be a benefit um, to the shop? Mm -hmm. And so, again, obviously, we had to sit down and just like she said, with having a baby, we had to strategically plan, figure out, OK, what are those tasks? What are those things? But also, like, who is the kind of person that we want to be in this position? Yeah, I think for us, that's that's honestly with hiring. That's so important. And I, I'm sure many people would say it's the same thing. Um, but it's like, we never want to put someone in a position of leadership who takes their position and puts it over people's heads. Mm. Cause I mean, I'm sure we all know your position is literally the lowest form of leadership that you can ever receive. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, if you want respect, then you got to earn that respect. So it's like, how can we find those people and strategically plan and search? And it worked out. I mean, the perfect person, um, our, our manager is incredible. She actually moved and came back and she's awesome we're thankful to have her so you you guys got the business to get some initial traction yeah and you established the process mm -hmm. and what you know what the menu would be and all that kind of stuff and then boom you, you were able to put in a management team with yes. some other employees to help with the bakery yeah, yeah i it, think it I got mean, on that it like got muddy so one of the the reasons we made that decision was because since it is our family and we're both the like part of the ownership team and um we were choosing then not to pay ourselves mm -hmm. when we got into a tight position so thankfully we have other streams of income but with this specifically it started to take a strain on us because he wasn't getting paid what he could be mm -hmm. um and then we were so we basically were met with the choice of do we continue to like financially do it this way as well as continually 
putting money into the business while we're also trying to get paid. And so it was just a little too muddy Yeah. Um, and having done it for a year. So it was just gradually, we were paying ourselves less and less and less, mm -hmm. um, but putting in more and more time. Mm -hmm. um, so for us, making the choice to put a manager in was a good way for us to kind of make distinction between the business and our, ourselves um, and kind of transition that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I was just going to say, in, in all reality, I just had to come to the realization that me as like an owner slash at that time acting as a manager, um, I felt like there was, I was probably like a lid on, mm -hmm. on, on the business creatively and or just ideas in the shop and whatever. So I just wanted to make sure that I didn't remain a lid, but I could be someone that could help someone push it forward yeah. instead of be the stopper. Yeah, so. you're working uh, on the business rather than in the business. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, makes a lot of sense. Well, one of the things that I've uh, had um, maybe a, a point of view that I was going to ask you about is like, do you think athletes uh, like are kind of destined or like good at entrepreneurship just I, for some reasons, maybe this is biased, but I think so. I think um, at least with building a team and becoming a team, that's very unique. It's a very um, specific thing that you do in sports. A lot of organized sports is um, becoming a team. And I think one of the best benefits is that you each have your own role. So I think that's one thing about organized sports that I love that I want our, to try and teach our kids if they're interested um, is to be a part of a team because mm -hmm. you have a very established role. And um, I think that's what makes uh, athletes good business owners is they know their role. They know how to um, be a part of a team. And I think that's one of like the biggest um, attributes of an athlete that translate into business really well is not only like you've learned how to work hard, and you've learned how to fail in a really safe space mm -hmm. with athletics um, and you know how to get up from failing, but also that you know how to be a part of a team. So I think that's why athletes make good business owners, mm -hmm. um, but not all athletes are good business owners. Mm -hmm. So I just think there's, but those are the values I think that you learn from sports that play really well into uh, owning a business. Yeah. And I, I think one of the things that uh, is really good about that as well is like there's the team and there's your role, but then there's the coach. Yeah. And so I think um, one of the things that I've always had like a, maybe a point of view on, um, you know, athletes is that they, they have typically if they've gotten any level of success in athletics, they understand the requirement of teamwork. <clears throat> They uh, and they understand how to receive feedback and to get coached. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of the things that is difficult is how you grow from that and you develop. And then sometimes it's like I've seen entrepreneurs that are, that have been athletes that they go, "Where's my coach?" Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So like, who's sort of like, uh, what do you, what do y'all do for sort of the resources to get coached and mentored and get you know some of the information for questions that you have that you don't have answers to. Mm. Yeah, I think that's actually something we're still figuring out. I think um, with kind of how we started our business and just sort of leaping into it, there's a lot of things that you learn on the way. And so one of those things has been finding resources of people to help us. Um, and a lot of things we've learned the hard way. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of how it comes down to when you don't have that mm -hmm. um, sort of coach. And so it's true, you're like left on your own of like, who let me do this? Um, but <laughs> it's like I think, parenting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Gave me a child. Yes. Mm -hmm. Why did no one teach me? Yes. Um, but I think even with that, it's like 
I have, um, we have friends who are business owners as well. Mm -hmm. So we, even recently, our friend who owns 1032 Space, it's a clothing store here. We just went into the shop and we were talking and he was like telling us about sort of what he's doing with his CPA and um, just the team that he has who are helping him financially. Um, and even in those conversations, you learn so much. And I think it comes down to having a lot of people around you, maybe not necessarily in your space, like not, he doesn't own a bakery, mm -hmm. but he owns a shop and small business owners tend to have the same issues. Yeah. Um, and so basically getting around like-minded or not like-minded, but like people who have the same type of business, like a small business as you, um, as well as people who have larger businesses. Like he sat down with, um, an owner of restaurants and kind of had communication with him. But I think some of it has been trial and error of who we want around us um, speaking yeah. into mm -hmm. us mm -hmm. um, because previously we have had people speaking into us who have not always been beneficial. Um, so I think it's really been sort of learning who we can have around us who helps. Yeah, but and you basically was were talking about it too, but it is so important. Like if you don't have those people you need to push yourself out of your comfort zone and and do it. Mm -hmm. Like that meeting I had with that guy that like owns multiple businesses and restaurants and is like ridiculously successful. I mean, maybe on paper, I'm nobody compared to him, but I knew that just by sitting and not even asking like all the right questions, but literally just hearing him talk and being like in his presence, I was going to gleam and I was going to grow and learn from a lot that he had to say. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I think a lot of time we, we we put these roadblocks in front of ourselves. And it's like smash through it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? Like yeah. it, okay, like, there's an issue. You have the capacity. You have the ability to go out and to do something about it. But the question is, are you going to do it? Or are you going to be sad because you can't figure it out right now? And I think that's honestly been like a big reminder for me, at least too. Is just like don't get overwhelmed because you don't have that right person to speak in your life. You don't have anyone just go find someone it's better than nothing which is also a big challenge because me i'm introverted like to the max mm -hmm. and i've only recent recently learned that and i like uh, with athletics it's that's like a different part of me that brings it out but i have trouble reaching out to people it's not fun for me necessarily mm -hmm. but i do see like the value in it and the value of um finding people to be around you and um, honestly, even my coach, like my volleyball coach has been such a huge, um, part of my life. Like he has basically been my second dad and cause I started on this team when I was 12 and he's literally seen me through every season of my life as like a brace faced kid to mm -hmm. like now owning two businesses. And he really has been such support. Um, so I think just leaning on people who maybe of who you've previously had in your life, um, or who's always been around too. That's awesome. I wonder um, what's like, what's been sort of like, what's the one liner or the thing you, you know, kind of have gleaned most from like uh, maybe your coach or this person that you talk to? What's like mm -hmm. the thing that you're like, I remember that from this meeting? Have a financial advisor. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> let's see. Great question. A lot of one liners, honestly. I feel like on my brain. Um, do you have something that you can think of right okay. now? For, um, go first. I think there is one from uh, my sports psych, actually. Mm -hmm. And she said, um, the only point you can control is the point you're on. 
So kind of he said it earlier, but the only season that you can control or or do anything about is where you currently are. And that has really translated into so many avenues of my life. It translated into business of you can get so overwhelmed with everything going on or what the future might look like or your finances or like in the weeds of things and um, in the weeds of things for the future. Like I'm worrying about the future. I'm worried about two years from now, a year from now. But if you can just focus on today, the day you're on, the only thing you can control, um, then that's how you progress. That's how you move forward. So in volleyball, if you can focus on the point you're on, you have no control about the point you just lost or the point before. Um, focusing on previous seasons of your life will do absolutely nothing for you now. And um, all you can do is be in the now and then try to move forward. But if you're focused on the future, if you're focused on the next point, focus on the previous point, you're going nowhere, you're just stuck. Um, but if you, if you work now, focus on now, what can you do now? Um, that's how you move forward. That's like the biggest takeaway I learned. Um, from my sports like that's good did you think of one yeah um it wasn't specifically from that one guy um but i think about this a lot just because i mean we all have those days where they're just not good um have that be like as a father as a husband in business whatever it might be and a lot of the time we can I, at least me i can allow those things just to keep me down instead of like reverting and like getting to a better place so like something that i remind myself a lot is like regardless of how bad the day was. And I think this is something that could be switched around and, and replaced with different things depending on who you are. But like at the end of the day, regardless of how bad the day was, I know that I'm always gonna go home to a wife who loves me, kids who love me, and again, ultimately like friends who care about me. Mm. And even if it was the worst day in the world, I have the peace of remembering that like, something so beautiful and like foundational is in my life forever mm -hmm. and so i mean i hope forever and so it's like i i have to remind myself that a lot and because i can i can get down at times so yeah that's good i i won that uh i i'll just throw one in here too i was like i'll jump in and say, come on <laughs> so one of my favorites is uh my mentor said to me you're not learning if you're not teaching mm. and so i was like what do you mean by that but there's uh, one of the things that I've I've had to learn in leadership is um, in order to, um, you know, like there's people with talent and you can spend a lot of time trying to find people with the right talent. And some mm -hmm. people have big pieces of it, but don't have the whole thing. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things like I always I always really struggle to get people to you know, uh, go from maybe average in something to above average, right? And I'm like, oh, that seems really hard, but it's actually hard to go find mm -hmm. talent. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I, I figured out was this quote that uh, my mentor gave me is like, hey, you know, in order for somebody to get command over a, some sort of thing, they need to not only give it a shot and do it, but then they need to teach it. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the ways that I grew and I found myself, oh man, every time I was, required to share new information with somebody, I got better and yeah. was able to level up and found a new new gear or a new level or whatever. Yeah. And that, those are the things that I think are really important in uh, running a business. It's mm -hmm. like, uh, where do I find the talent? And do I maybe get this person, if I move them over into this other role, are, are they gonna be good at it? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's one of the things to do is like, it's, I just go, okay, give them the training. And they go, okay, teach me. 
yeah. then they level up and then you have them do it again and they level up again. Yeah. That's one of the things that I love about people is that's really cool. The resilience that they have that if anybody's like, I, I'll commit to it, I'll give it a shot. Usually they grow. And that was the yeah. thing that I liked about your lesson. Mm -hmm. Like even our with our business, the employees we've hired because we are such a new business and honestly, we're young and um, we hired people who have basically no experience like with coffee is a little different because that's something that you actually have to have some foundational knowledge of but even with baking and we i reached out to people who i knew and people came to us who have never had previous baking experience but i think one thing that's cool about our business is that the bakery is sort of like a home-based feeling bakery. Um, it's obviously at the shop, but mm -hmm. it's small batches, not huge batches. Okay. So it's actually quite easy to learn. Um, so that's been actually something really fun for me is finding people who have maybe ne necessarily been given a chance by another business or another company and teaching them, taking the time to actually train someone well. Um, because even whenever I was looking sort of to um find a job in baking and sort of my first look for that i couldn't find anything because i had had any ex like actual experience in a bakery um and i think we find that a lot even in careers in business you're looking for an opportunity but everyone wants someone with experience and it's like how am i supposed to get experience if no one will let me try yeah, mm -hmm. um, the egg. yeah, yeah. and so even with with our business something that i like that we've done is it's not necessarily experience based like you could come and um, apply for the job and then we would train you but the main goal is that you're open that it's something you want to do that you're somewhat passionate about it that you've maybe tried it at home um and then i'll let you learn just like i was able to learn by starting my own business <laughs> and that's my first bakery experience was my own um but i think that's sort of how you find great employees who are not like like worship you but like someone who can come in and learn from you i think yeah. that's what yeah. everyone's hoping for when they find a new job is to learn from other people yes do their job well but be able to learn and i think that's something we've done with uh, baristas too because a lot of coffee shops will want you to have experience um, yeah. on bar like making drinks um, but very often at any other place other than starbucks and most of the time you have like a six month period where you have to have been an employee or something like that and it's like at our shop you get trained and yeah in all reality a lot yeah. of the shop like the time if the shop is like yeah you have to be here for six months and then you have another six months of training until you can even touch a bar it's like okay i understand the excellence i understand the process i understand all of that but you're actually deterring people away from wanting to learn about this because mm. um, in all reality it's not that intense if you could teach a kid their abcs then i'm pretty sure we can teach a barista how to pull a shot of espresso and it tastes good mm -hmm. in less than six months so um yeah i think i'm very thankful for that fact as well that we've created an environment that um you don't have to come with all the experience you don't have to know how to do everything but like we want we actually want to help you fall in love with what you're doing even more. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm thankful that we've been able to help be a part of a, an atmosphere like that with our shop. Yeah, y'all yeah, crack the code and then you're like, hey, we can teach people how to do this and yeah. people will buy our stuff. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So how do, how do you guys maybe compete with the Starbucks, you know, and other sort of coffee and bakery, you know, retailers and restaurateurs out there? Yeah. I think the go. biggest thing is to, that I don't, and this might be my very specific opinion, but I don't see it as a competition um, because 
I mean, Starbucks is, I, for one, just massive. So there's no way we can compare with them. But I think everyone has their own um, gifts and talents that they bring to the space. A lot of the time people are like, well, coffee, so coffee is oversaturated. It's an oversaturated market. Everyone has a coffee shop. There's one on every corner. And it's like, yes, but which one do you go to? Mm -hmm. And so basically, we I know we are not for everyone. Our business will not be for everyone. People can go to Starbucks. I go to Starbucks every once in a while, like, and, but everyone has such a specific, unique gift and specific um, talent they bring to the space. Mm -hmm. So for us, it is this like three part um, business. So coffee, bakery and flowers. And that's what we bring to our space. That's what we bring to Oklahoma City. Um, and Starbucks brings quick, fast service. I can't do that. We can't do that. We can't compete with them in that. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's knowing what you bring to the table and the value you as an individual and as a business bring, and then just going from there. Because I think people are afraid to start because they can't, I can never be Starbucks. Mm -hmm. um, they and, don't see there's any space in the market. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, that will deter you away from any business. If you think, if you look at everyone else, and obviously social media is bad about this, but if you're looking at everyone else, you aren't focused on yourself and what can you bring and what talents do you have um, to bring to the space? Yeah. What's the biggest challenge that you faced in the business? It's been the, what's been the hardest thing to learn? <laughs> this is a lot. Great question. You can just pick one. <laughs> I I'm think sure starting more than one. can always be really scary. Um, starting any new thing, but I also think like, sort of trying to still be creative while dealing with the um, the business side of everything. So obviously as an entrepreneur, you wear multiple hats, you you do all the different things. You're, I'm the social media manager. I am the CP, not CPA, but I am the financial advisor to some degree. Like, So we're wearing all these hats, but no one ever talks about the fact that you are not only financially dependent, like the business is financially dependent on you to some degree, but you're also bearing the weight of like the emotions of the business, the employees, you're, you're bearing so much. And I think that has been really difficult for me um, because my life does have so many different aspects to it. And if one is just over pouring and because I'm not setting up boundaries or bringing in people to help me, mm. um, is the biggest challenge for me at least is that I, my toxic trait is that I think I can do everything all by myself. Oh. And um, so- it's very introverted of you. Yes, it is. Um, but being able to basically bring the right people into the roles and sort of allow myself to let go um, because I want things to be great. I want it, I- You want things to be rich. I do, yeah. and I can strangle things to mm. become that way. Yes. And it's not great. And I have to just be able to let go and, that's something that I've been learning here recently. And I think being pregnant kind of forced me to do is to to let go of the like reins um, and to realize that I've never missed an opportunity that was made for me. Um, opportunities come and go. You don't always have to say yes. And, and in our business, I think that's one of them. Yeah. Well, so this brings me to like uh, the thing I brought up earlier. It's like, okay, so spouses running businesses together and likely travel is required uh, for being a professional athlete. Yeah. So how do you do it? Honestly, <laughs> it's been normal since we first got married. Um, I think it's funny because it's kind of how our life um, overall is gone. Even like open the business, like we open in the middle of the pandemic. So like anything else that comes at us, we're like, oh, that's cool. That's normal. Like we're used to rolling with the punches. 
And so really from the get go, cause we had, we got pregnant with Duke like six months into marriage. And so like Rio had just happened that year and she was already training for another, for Tokyo. Um, and she was also at the time working another part-time job. I was working a full-time job. And um, as travel began to pick up, um, honestly, I just think we made the decision very early on because we had heard so many different couples, especially having kids and just being married of like, oh, once you get married or once you have a kid, once you have two kids, once you have three kids, whatever, then like your life is either over, you can't do something anymore, or it's just not going to be fun. And so we or like to pay a lot for babysitters. Yeah, or you have to do that. And so we just kind of made the decision from the get go that like, regardless of like what life looked like, we were all in this together. It wasn't Kaleo's going off and doing her volleyball thing and I'm going off and doing my youth pastor thing and whatever. And then Duke's just a baby chilling. Like it, it, we, again, we all did these things together. Yeah. Yeah. So we, yeah. we made that decision very early on and it still, again, plays greatly in our lives today. Yeah. Oh, it's cool. the power of being a team yeah. um, that we all have a common goal, which is to, to be our best selves to, and to do it together. And, um, like in the business, it's the business being successful. And in our family, it's each of us being successful. And I think like with travel specifically, we've worked together. He thankfully is not the type of father who's sort of in the background. He's very at the forefront. And so when I leave, the like transition can be hard um, and it just looks different, but he is more than willing to be that piece. And I think in business too, like we all have our individual roles, but being able to be on the same page about having the same goal. Like even with volleyball, you put 12 women in a competition, like in the same space together. We go on trips for two weeks at a time and we're bound to not get along. But when there's, there's going to be a point, there is going to be a point where we literally want to rip each other's hair out. And it happens all the time. And but we get to on the court and we all have the same common goal that we can ignore everything else and put our differences aside and come together for that goal. And I think it's the same in family. It's like, we don't agree on any, like on everything. We, yeah. we don't we agree, never on, agree anything. on anything. That was a Freudian yes. slip. Yeah, just... <laughs> Sorry. Um, but there are a lot we don't, there's a lot we don't agree on. And, um, but we do have the same common goal of being a family and loving each yeah. other. And, and these different things of me being an athlete, him being a business owner. And in the business, it's like, we want people to come into the space and, and enjoy it and have a place that a, like almost a home away from home that they can be. Um, so I think being a team and doing it together has been really important. So um, one of the things that I've, I've seen maybe between you both is just uh, maybe the empathy that you have towards each other, right? And uh, the empathy that you have towards yourself about the challenges that you're facing and how to tackle them and stuff like that. So maybe uh, talk to me about like, uh, maybe a, a, a what's sort of the most, um, I don't know, maybe like a vulnerable moment that you both had either at the start of choosing to do a business or, you know, what, what's, what's one that, that really kind of comes to mind. That was a big lesson for you guys and how to come together and, mm. and being, and using vulnerability and empathy to do that. She has There's, an idea. I can see. Oh, do you have an I idea? do. And we talked about it. I, it's kind of on the same realm, but like the most vulnerable moment we've had as a couple in business. And that honestly makes me feel very, um, it's funny because it also makes me feel sad, but I, cause I don't think about it very often, but oh, yes. it makes me like 
want to be there for other business owners. Mm-hmm. So right when we started our business, um, not even, not even Wait, the week before, the I week think. before. So our son was turning three years old and it was October 18th. And we often opened the shop October 26th. Um, but we were out, it's like at party city and we were shopping for things for my son's birthday. And we got in the car and looked at our bank account and literally just sat there and cried. This was a week before we opened. We had nothing. And we were trying to figure out how, like, how will we buy food for our son's birthday party? And just that moment of like, we do have people around us who can help us. And we, we knew that. Um, but just the reality of like, we have really spent everything on opening this business. I am tired <laughs> and we are financially done. And anything, everything we had saved had gone into the business. And I just look at that moment and, I think that's what a lot of entrepreneurs talk about, but then they don't give empathy towards other business owners who like have are at that same place. And so I think that's one thing that is important to me is that other business owners know that that is a real space. And I pray to God you never get there because it's a very hard place to be of just like, how will I feed my son the birthday? Um, But in reality, you do get out of it. And if you ask for help and if you um, look to other people and then if you just keep going, like mm-hmm. you will get out of that space. Yeah. Um, thankfully, like at the time we were living with my mom and we had like people supporting us. But it was just that one piece of time where we were literally looking at our bank account and it had like $15 in it. And it was like, what have we done? Like, is this the end of us? Like, did we just mess up? <laughs> yeah. And so, like, it just took on more cookies. And thankfully, we were able to make it work. But that place, I think, gives me so much empathy for um, not not even just business owners, but people who find themselves in that place of, like, I've spent my last dollar. Mm-hmm. Where do I go from here? Mm-hmm. And it was like we had faith and we knew that the business was going to go well, that we were going to make money, that it wasn't going to be the end of it. But getting to that point, was so scary and difficult mm-hmm. and it's like every entrepreneur's worst nightmare um but for us it was a reality but also the encouragement is that we found our way out and um we looked to our family and people who were willing to support us and yeah. but also empathy for people who don't have a family or who don't have people who can support them in that avenue yeah. and i was just going to say um and if i could kind of you you, you mentioned like the one-liners earlier just something kind of came in my head i mean number one like it's funny because she mentioned how we were talking to our uh, other business owner friend the other day and um, we we go into like a store. So say we went to a store and we were both feeling some pressure financially, feeling pressure staff wise, even just from the shop. And we go and start having a conversation about business. First thing first in my mind, I'm like, honestly, I don't really want to have this conversation right now because I just don't. Um, but at the end of the conversation, both Cleo and I felt so much lighter and felt so much happier, not necessarily to know that um, there are other people dealing with the same things we are, um, but there are other people who are getting through Mm -hmm. the same things that we are and have gotten through before. And it it brings me back to this whole quote. And again, like I'm a big proponent about like, if you're not healthy mentally, physically, like even me, like currently in my life, like I've just always been a tall, skinny twig boy. And like it was my lifestyle. It's like, I need some more muscle. 
I need some more protein. I need some more meat on my bones so I can like sustain my everything I'm doing. Honestly, mentally, it's the same exact thing. If you're not healthy up here, then anything you do, it might be healthy or look good on the outside, but it's not going to last and it can't be sustained. So it's like, if you're not talking, you're dying. And that can mean physically, that can mean spiritually, that can mean emotionally. And again, we just from having a simple conversation with another business owner, we felt so much better. And so I just did want to say like through all that, like any entrepreneur, um, business owners watching, listening, like please just talk to somebody because it is the most important thing I think you could actually do in the midst of a good and bad season. So something remarkable happens when somebody um, opens up about something Mm -hmm. vulnerability. I I don't, I don't think of a lot of times. I I can't think of times where someone was truly vulnerable and something bad happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. there are people that'll take advantage of that, right? Yeah, and so you do have to recognize what space you're in to be able to do those yes, things. Yes, 100%. not being careless with your vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you know, you just said something, I, you know, there's the, you know, um, life and death is in the power of a tongue, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and it's like, you just said it, you know, if you're not talking, you're dying. And that is one of the things that I think is uh, a way that other entrepreneurs can help other entrepreneurs mm-hmm. is to invite them to talk, yeah, right? And yeah. to be there with them and to say, hey, you know, this is something that I went through and to share those vulnerable things. It's one of the reasons why we're doing this whole thing, yeah. right? Yeah. So right. you really do have to create an environment to get somebody to talk because if somebody will listen for a little bit and hear something about vulnerability and be like, hey, you know what? I, I'm gonna go find somebody, I'm gonna talk to them about it. Something gets released, something special can happen, right? Where, you know, there's a, a sense of freedom in your mindset or there's mm-hmm. a, you know, some sort of um, next level that you unlock or you get a new perspective. One of the things that I've enjoyed about, you know, talking with you guys is how you reframe things, right? Mm-hmm. And that has, uh, um, those don't just originate always, those aha moments don't always originate on their own. Yeah. Sometimes they happen, oftentimes they happen in a vulnerable conversation. Yeah, yeah. even this specific scenario, I just was very, it was, Last week was honestly the worst week of one, one of the worst weeks of my life. But um, well, welcome to this week. Yes, hello. It's a new week. Um, but talking to him allowed me the space to create new ideas. Mm-hmm. I was kind of talking about earlier of being sort of the bearing the financial burden and like the actual like operations burden of the shop can be really hard, like the emotional mm. burden. But being around him literally created space in my mind to create a solution. So I was able to just sit down the next morning and create solutions for the issues that we've been having. And it's like, unless you're talking, you aren't allowing your mind. My mind can go crazy. It's another introverted thing, but Mm -hmm. try to work it out on its own. But just taking a second to step outside of myself and listen to other people. And that's what I love about podcasts is just being able to listen to other people process and think and yeah. find solutions um, is one of my favorite things because solutions are available. You are not the first one to experience <laughs> whatever you are going through, but that there is a solution for everything. And if there's not, there's someone who can help you find a solution. Yeah. Um, so it's always so, good when we don't call all the shots ourselves, isn't it? Yeah. It's always great. Yeah. It's. Uh, there's a good, there's a good and bad to that one. Yeah. The thing that I thought was really awesome about what you just said is, um, I talk to people about, uh, cause you know, if you're leading anything, 
uh, and you're leading people, you tend to get problems. Yeah, there are problems. Mm -hmm. They're they're everywhere. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, one of the things that I will tell people is like, hey, don't throw a monkey on my desk, right? If it's just a problem, it's just going to be like a monkey flailing on the desk, right? And I'm like, okay, give me the situation. What's making it complicated? And give me a recommendation. Mm -hmm. Right? What what are you going to do? What's your proposed solution? And the thing that I found is that I will say that to people, and then when I'm in the same space and I have, I'm throwing my own monkey on my own desk or talking to somebody or something like that, and mm-hmm. then I go, "All right, Chris, what what's the situation?" Yeah. I have to like list it out. It really does help me yeah. to think through. Okay, what's the actual situation? No emotions. What's the situation? Yeah. What's the thing making it complicated? And what should I do about it? Right? What mm-hmm. can we do about it? And sometimes it's let's go talk to somebody. Yeah. yeah. You know, absolutely. Sure. Well, that's awesome. I is there anything else that you want to share? Because I have some rapid fire questions for you guys. Anything else you want to specifically share? I think I want to share with being um, partners in like family, being married, and being partners in a business is before you start. If you are looking for something before you start, try to go through some therapy. Um, yeah. Because going through the emotional, financial, the burdens of business. Um, can be sort of a scary place to be because it brings out sometimes the best in you and then other times the worst in you. And so one thing that we did was we were in therapy sort of a year before we opened, Mm -hmm. but um, and to just get through the muck of life um, and try to get to the point where we had actual tangible um, things to help us. And one of those things were to assume positive intent. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing uh, business with your partner, that when they say something, try to not expect it to be out of malice or ill intent, but you guys are working towards like the same goal. Um, so to assume positive intent, to to know that he's just saying something for the good of the business or for what he thinks, where he thinks the business is going and don't get offended, but just be able to listen and process. And then if there's an issue to communicate that. Um, and I think even if you have just a business partner, um, because that's something that we still struggle with. But I think, if, especially if you're in business with a partner, um, that's just something. Try therapy. Try um, getting tools to be able to communicate and talk and kind of get through um, some of the questions or or big elephants in your life and in your marriage and mm-hmm. in your family um, so, so you can have a successful partnership in business um, and so you don't get burnt out and honestly dislike each other because it could it could be hard if you are not prepared no for sure um because it's not always easy yeah and and again i think um i think it's very important to realize the fact that it is literally not for everybody like if you don't think you can do it then don't do it like just don't because (laughs) if marriage is hard try marriage and doing a business it doubles it up and makes it more difficult. But again, some people will thrive in it. But if you don't think you are, then that doesn't mean you have to go for it. Yeah. So That's don't put good. that pressure on yourself. Yeah. yeah same thing with friends. I mean, yeah. Doing business with friends is challenging. That's great. Yeah. 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 It's true. Yeah. And just be okay with relationships changing mm-hmm. um, because it's not always easy. Yeah. Oh, that's actually great too. In the sense of marriage, um, the same thing for our marriage relationship. Again, it's like we all know, like we got married. Clay was 19, I was 21, or was it 20 and 22? I can't remember. Either uh, or. 19. 19 and 21. And so we were so young when we got married. And so now, fast forward almost six years, we are completely different people. 
in business, honestly, ideas, mindsets, everything will start off one way. But if you're not okay with that transition and looking looking different over the next few weeks to months to years, then honestly, you might not last in it. So just be willing for that transition in, in how your spouse, aka your business partner as well, is going to go through in that time. Yeah, that's good. I, one of the things I've always struggled with, and I still do today, is being attached to results. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. Um, it's like I have it, and especially somebody, if you've got vision and you have the motor to go bring it to life, when it doesn't look like the vision, it's like I'm so attached, right? It's mm-hmm. re- it's really hard. And that's where the things like control and like, yeah. you know, trying to shape things. And then that's where the positive intent, you're like, if somebody says something that's, that's breaking the attachment that you have, you know, and that, that's the thing that I think is really, really hard for me is being able to detach from the result. It isn't, the result is not a reflection on me, yeah. yeah. right? Or if the relationship changes, you know, that should be okay. Cause mm-hmm. you can't, can't always stay so attached to every outcome or every result because sure. it's gonna yeah. stress the crap out of you. Yeah, yeah, I think even the look of your business and being okay with it changing and yeah. the look of success or honestly, even the perception of success. A lot of the time we see success as money but can, success can be a lot of different things. And I think if we're able to sort of be happy with what we've created and not like, ex, like kind of like you're saying, like not be so focused on what your original thought was, but mm-hmm. be okay with the transition and the sort of change of what your business looks like, I think you'll be much happier, a much happier person. <laughs> you'll be happier mm-hmm. for your people around you. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. All right, well, some rapid fire questions. You ready? Yes, let's do it. All right, Kaleo, your sweet tooth. What's your number one weakness? Right now, Star Crunch, which is so random. (laughs) I don't know if it's a postpartum thing, but the Star Crunch, they've got me currently. It's the caramel. Uh, Yeah, that's uh, that's the deal. All right, what's your favorite coffee, Matthew? Favorite coffee? Um, I would say... You know, I mean, I'm just going to be that coffee person, typically just a cappuccino or an espresso. Um, but I do always love some good condensed milk in my, uh, latte. So nice and creamy. It's great. Okay. Uh, spam, love it or hate it. Love it. Love. love. We don't live without spam. <laughs> Even our kid Side loves it. Like our, you know, it's good when a four year old loves it. Oh yeah. No, they're called uh, Hawaiian power bars. There you go. Yeah, there we go. So, all right. That's awesome. Uh, so do you follow Olympic, what like winter Olympic sports? If so your favorite one to watch to some degree uh but snowboarding i think even like mm-hmm. paralympic olympic they're so great there you go yeah uh where'd you get married malibu actually. Mm-hmm. point doom point doom yeah point, <laughs> point doom yes. which uh, is a great place to get married okay. yeah <laughs> the All doom right. oh that's it's so i have so many questions <laughs> uh what <laughs> what's your favorite thing to do uh when you manage to get a free weekend like together yeah yeah or Honestly, as a family yeah, just it's walk. Our favorite thing to do is that our favorite thing? My to do, favorite thing is to go on a walk. On a walk. They <laughs> don't like it. It's my favorite. <laughs> you know, honestly, uh, I don't know. That's a great question. Let's say a walk. Let's say a walk. Let's <laughs> say a walk. We'll say a walk. Uh, you're like that treacherous game of Pokemon Go across the mountain. Yeah, basically. Game. Yeah. It's funny because I love games and I love all things like competition. Honestly, if but he doesn't. No, I'm not like that at all. My are family you, are will you a yell fierce about competition it. person. No because my mom is. Oh. So she has tamed me because I'm like, oh, I can't, I, I can't, can't be like, like her. That. Yeah, I can't show up like that every day. No, that's good. Uh, who's the better cook between you two? Oh, definitely me. him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, love that one so I can fast. bake, I cannot cook. Yeah, I, I don't bake at all. Like I love the creativity of cooking and just being able to like, 
do whatever I want, basically, um, I can't follow instructions like she can. Yeah, with so. baking, it's very to a T. And with cooking, it's like, throw a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And I'm like, I can't. And she's like, tastes good. <laughs> I cool. need the structure. <laughs> need the recipe, please. Yes. yes. Please. Uh, who was a key mentor in, in your life? And then who was a key mentor in your life? Definitely my coach, Bill Hamner. He's the best. Um, I would say Pastor Mike Kai, who is, he pastors, him and his wife, uh, a church on Oahu called Inspire Church. They're just literally two of the most incredible people. Um, Mike and Lisa, Lisa is his wife's name. Um, I love them with all my heart. Shout out Pastor Mike and Lisa, Inspire Church. That's it. That's so good. Yeah. It was awesome to sit down and, and chat with you guys and get to know you better and heard so many good things. And, and I was like, man, I really just want to sit down with, with these two and have the conversation. So uh, is there anything, any like parting thoughts you want to leave us with? I mean, just thanks for having us. Yeah, seriously. And don't do life alone. Yeah, don't do life alone. Remember, seasons come and seasons go. Truly, it's going to be okay. Well, what's <laughs> next for Flower and Flower? Hmm, we would love to start getting into events. I think that's yeah. kind of one thing that we are inching towards. Mm -hmm. um, well, thanks for coming. Glad to have you in the studio. We appreciate it. Time. Thank you so much. Yeah.